You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Drew with Josh and Connor catching you up on the wild, wild world of Major League Soccer, getting ready for some CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. Connor has on his Alfonso Davies jersey. I think it's the Bayern Munich one, but close enough. And Josh has his starless U.S. soccer jersey on, so we know it's the men, and he is ready. Both 10 p.m. kickoffs. We're recording this on the day of the game, so Josh and I are probably way too stressed about U.S.-Mexico. Connor's just living life knowing his team's probably going to win by seven. What a wild world we live in. It's Costa Rica. This ain't a pushover. Fine, win by two. Um, But, yes, fun times in the soccer world, but outside of soccer, Connor, how is school going? How is everything in Toronto as the switch to in-person continues to take effect? Yeah, it does do that. Uh, and I did want to comment, by the way, the reason I don't have a Canada jersey on is because I can't get one. Uh, I was given it for my birthday, uh, like, last July, and we're still trying to get a hold of one because they just don't restock the store. Um so hopefully going to get a Jonathan David jersey eventually because I got the Davies already. Uh, but going to the game on Sunday, which is going to be insane uh, against Jamaica at BMO Field. But other than that, uh, I've started putting out digital content for uh, an Instagram account called On Point Soccer. Um, don't check it out. Uh, uh, just don't. <laughs> I won't go into any more detail on that, but just don't. Um, other than that, yeah, nothing much has happened. Just still grinding through school. As of 
today, like exactly three weeks from now, I will have been done classes for two hours. So the end of my last three weeks, which is weird to think, but you know, we move. Leafs are doing well. Jays uh, finally moved Randall Gritchick, which was a big old dub in my books because I didn't like him. Um, and the Raptors just keep motoring on. OG Ananobi returns tonight, which is very, very good to see uh, with Gary Trent Jr. then going down. So, you know, positives are balanced out with the negatives. But, yeah, that's about it. That's everything in my life. Josh, you've changed physically. Why? That's, that's so weird. That's such a weird way to put it. Yeah, no, I have a, hey, I have a mustache wrong, now. Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know if physically is the best way to describe it. I don't know if that's how, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the best descriptor for like a hair change or like a facial hair change, but I don't know. I can't think of anything better off the top of my head, but yes. Exactly. Rocking the, rocking the mustache. Um, not the first time I've done this. I did attempt this back in March of 2020. So two years ago. Oh, Uh, great. So we're going to have another pandemic. Got it. When did it ever stop? Um, (laughs) um, oddly enough. So I like, I this was spontaneous. I was not planning on doing the mustache. I, I was just showering on this past Tuesday and just decided, all right, I'm going to shave my face after I, uh, after I finished showering, decided to go with the mustache later on in the day, I was cleaning out some photos from my phone because I'm running out of storage because my phone is over three years old. And guess what I stumbled upon? I stumbled upon the last time I had a mustache and guess what day I shaved my face into the mustache, March 22nd. That's I did it again this time on March 22nd. So two years, like not on purpose, maybe subconsciously, like my mind was like, Hey, it's March 22nd. You know, you know what that means, man? It's, it's mustache day. Uh, so I don't know if like my brain like connected the dots or what, but it was really odd to be looking through photos and to see that and be like, Oh my gosh, I've somehow managed to do this. And last time I did it, it was also a spontaneous, spontaneous decision. So that's really weird, but yeah. That's really the biggest thing from this week. Um, no more Atlanta sports news to report because all of the sports are canceled, uh, except for Atlanta United, I guess. They're doing okay, but not really at all. Um, yeah, Matt Ryan got traded away. That's really what I'm talking about. No longer an Atlanta Falcon. Um, so that's that's, what, 15 years of my life just – just gone over in Indy. I hope he wins a ring in Indianapolis. That would be amazing. He deserves it. And then uh, tonight is a huge night, just just massive uh, season three of Atlanta debuts tonight. So it's a huge, huge, huge occasion. It's at 10 p.m., so that's what I'll be watching. Uh, <laughs> nothing else going on, so I figured I'd watch the, the new season of Atlanta. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, the U.S. is playing tonight. I have been stressed for like three days now and like tonight's not even the deciding factor as to whether or not we make it. So I will remain stressed, hopefully not until next Wednesday, but probably until next Wednesday when we find out, you know, Italy didn't make it. And last time Italy didn't make the world cup, neither did the U S so we might go two for two on that one. Hopefully not, but yeah, the nerves one are couple, one world cup ago. 
So that's now 12 years Italy is going to go without playing in a World Cup. And again, the U.S. might just join them. What? Didn't you play in Russia? Who? Who are you talking about right now? Are you talking about the U.S.? Yeah. No, they go from 2014 to 2026. 12 years, yeah. It sounds a lot worse, yeah. And also, I don't know if you heard, Connor, but the U.S. actually missed out on Russia. I don't know if if that's news to you or or anything, but they actually did not make that World Cup. This might be the first time you're hearing it. I wish it was the first time I was hearing it. Rio, why am I saying Russia? I'm thinking Rio. Oh, okay, there you go. Getting your arse confused. Yeah, yeah, Brazil. Okay, yes. The U.S. did compete in that World Cup, but that was like three lifetimes ago. Well, five if you're including the pandemic. Dude, I was in middle school. Yeah, I was I was still in high school. Like I had just graduated. I hadn't even started college yet. So and here we are. Drew, <laughs> how's your week? How's uh settling into Charlotte, the new job, and your sadness as an Atlanta Falcons fan? Hopefully, if not much longer. Yeah, yeah. The Falcons are sad. Um, 14 years just gone for a third round pick. But you know what? I, we're used to it at this point. But yeah, Falcons stink. Uh, life in Charlotte, though, it's been good. Uh, today was our media day, so I got to talk to a lot of the players. Got to get to know them a little bit, which was really fun. Um, so that's cool. Gearing up for the season in about two weeks-ish. Uh, League One opens. Well, no, League One, I think, opens up next weekend. But then the Independents get a week off. Um, so April 8th, their League One season will start. They get an Open Cup match on April 5th against north carolina something i'm totally botching the name the open cup started and i've been watching a lot of really small teams uh which has been a lot of fun i watched the las vegas legends and park city red wolves an affiliate of the chattanooga red wolves but they're in salt lake city which is really confusing to me but open cup's been going on that's been super fun to watch Settling into Charlotte, really cool. Uh, there's a game on Saturday, CFC Cincinnati, which we'll talk about. Uh, might make it down to Bank of America Stadium and watch that. Games look pretty cool. Um, yeah, Charlotte's cool. About almost unsettling it, I had to wait forever to get my actual like bed frame up. So for the past like two weeks, I've just been sleeping on a mattress on the floor, which isn't bad. Like I can do it. But every time I try to get my bed frame in, it never works. But I finally got it in. It's sitting on my wall right there. Uh, I haven't opened it up because I don't want to do that work. But I also don't want to keep sleeping on the floor. Um, Well, mattress on the floor. Sleeping on the floor sounds like I don't have anything. But it's not that bad, I swear. Um, But, yeah, it's been pretty good getting ready for games. Baseball, spring training is back. That was awesome to see actual baseball being played. and. The Hawks or the Atlanta Hawks, and that's all I want to say about them. And I think that's really everything because every time we do this, I just we just tell each other about our how our other sports teams are going. I think that's hey, all I tried to. I tried to mix it up with some pop culture. Yeah, Atlanta. Oh, um, oh you know what? And see, here I am. I guess it's another sport. I was going to ask Connor if he caught the F one race, but I forgot he doesn't actually watch the races. No, I don't. But I did hear it was insane. Um, it was. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Red Bull. Red Bull was last. Is what I hear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Both Mercedes are crap, aren't they? Yeah. And you know, everyone was like, oh, these guys, because every year they say, Oh, we're not, we're not ready yet. We're not ready to compete. Uh, you know, we're still figuring the car out. 
every year Mercedes says that and every year they dominate. Uh, but this year they were like, we, we have figured the car out. We don't have the speed. And then they actually for once did not have the speed. They still like Lewis Hamilton still managed to get a podium. Thanks to the Red Bull shenanigans and their issues. But yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Ferrari came out on top with the one, two finish and they hadn't done that in years. So it's uh, all the makings of a really, really interesting F1 season, which is really awesome to see. Didn't every Red Bull engine, apart from uh, Tosuda, is it? No, Sonoda. Sonoda. Uh, didn't every engine break down apart from his? Pretty much. Uh, his teammate, Pierre Gasly, his car caught fire um, towards the very end of the race. I don't know if they were all the same kinds of problems, but yeah, it was really strange of the four Red Bull cars, three of them, you know, definitely had some issues. But uh, I, I got to say, you know, any day that Red Bull struggles, like in any sport, it's a good day. <laughs> Except for Red Bull Salzburg, because that means Brendan Aronson struggled, right? No, 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 no. They could struggle. Aronson could play great, and they could be bad. <laughs> Same thing for Tyler Adams and Leipzig. Like, by all means, those guys can have great individual performances, and their teams suck, and I will not miss a second of sleep. Okay. Um, clearly team thinking there. Uh, let's go to Europeans though. And North Americans playing in Europe. There's only one story and that's Justin Shea making his first team debut for Hoffenheim. He came on in the 77th minute in a three, nothing loss to Hertha Berlin. When did those goals happen? Were they before or after he came onto the field? Before. And it's a really bad loss by the way, because Hertha Berlin is not very good. Yes. They're not very good. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a big story. Um, good for Justin Shea making his debut. Uh, FC Dallas, I think, still their property. Uh, so just ideally jacking that price up even more. Um, but yeah, that's it for North Americans Abroad. Uh, CCL, we'll quickly mention. Actually, no, we won't. We'll do that after. We'll do MLS news first. Uh, DC United reacquired midfielder Chris Durkin from uh, Saint-Trudin, uh, and I believe it's Ligue 1. You're laughing at my French accent. Thanks. Um, no, no. Isn't it like the Belgian League? Is it the Belgian League? I think it is. Let me... Saint-Trudin's? Uh, maybe. I think they... Maybe. I thought it was the French League. So you might be pronouncing it wrong. Belgian. Belgian. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. it was French League. What is the Belgian accent? It's very similar to French. I yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they speak French there, do they? Or is it Dutch? A lot of languages. A lot of language. Yeah, it's Dutch, French, Flemish, something else. Right. Yep. Flemish is a thing. Make good waffles. <laughs> yes, very good waffles. If you've ever, either of you ever been there? No, no. I have, not, I have a friend. I have a friend who went over there a couple years ago, and he actually just spent two months in Belgium and just got back a couple weeks oh, ago. So that's how I know about those languages is because he's told me about it. I go. know about the waffles because they sell them in various stores across the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, good. that <laughs> You're learning Drew. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. Very good. Brussels is a real, is a really nice city. Uh, had a family friend to live there and visited a while ago. Um, Right now, I think there's a NATO summit going on there, too. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, But, yeah, uh, acquiring Chris Durkin, 
Houston selected him second in the allocation order and then traded him to DC in exchange for either 250 or 300,000 in GAM. Um, why are you laughing? What did I do? No, no, I'm laughing at the the absurdity of this MLS move, which also, by the way, typically when a team wants a player back and they have to go through the allocation order to get it, like they make teams trade up for the spot. And for some reason this time, since he just passed over it and let Houston deal with it, which, yeah. Yeah. He, the fact that Houston is selecting this player just to get money out of DC is like, it's just so funny to me because Durkin left DC to join St. Trudence and then had to come back through Houston just so they could squeeze money out of, of DC. And that's just what's so funny to me. Cause you know, MLS baby. It makes just total sense. Um, it's they definitely don't need to revamp the entire salary structure and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, that happened. Robin Fraser, uh, former Toronto FC assistant coach, now head coach of the Colorado Rapids, signed a contract extension uh, through 2025. I like the addition. I think Robin Fraser's had a lot of success in Colorado. Overall, good move. I highly, highly doubt any of you disagree with me on that. No. Killer move. Big fan. Yeah. Uh, well deserved. Exactly. Well deserved is the best way of putting it. Uh, almost as well deserved as Eric Zavaleta scoring for El Salvador uh, because he did that tonight in their game against, I believe it's Jamaica. Uh, Jamaica already being eliminated. I also think El Salvador's already eliminated. So. That game is just kind of pointless, but good for Eric Zavaleta scoring. Uh, I believe he's captain of El Salvador, so always a good thing when that happens. And Bill Toiloma, um definitely said that wrong. Apologies. Plays for Portland, scored for New Zealand. I didn't say that wrong. Wow. No, okay. I feel like that's so a name. Two, I've heard that before. Tuiloma is kind cool. of the way I've heard it pronounced, so that was close enough, you know. There you go. Uh, so shout out him, scored for New Zealand. Um, which love to see it. I had a former yeah. that was from New Zealand. Great. Remember last week when you said he was a Kiwi and I was like, wow, he's a Kiwi. And now here he is scoring goals for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so love having that international uh, influence from MLS, but yeah, CCL very quickly. Seattle drew Leon one, one advanced four to one on aggregate. They'll face NYCFC in the second round or in the, in the conference finals or whatever they semifinal. semifinal. That's, that's usually what your MLS is showing conference final. <laughs> I was going to say semifinal, but then I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, semifinal. Uh, so yeah, good for Seattle. We'll have an MLS team in the final, which should be exciting. Um, any comments on Seattle beating Leon? I, I don't have say... CCL fever anymore. <laughs> No. This is gonna hurt when someone loses in the final. It's like it's like CCL room temperature is is kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. I'd say, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, good job to Seattle for watching the New England game 24 hours before and being like, you know what, guys, let's not do that. And then they didn't. So good job. Yeah, we don't need to get into that anymore because I don't want to talk about New England and that just one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Uh, but. Yeah. Instead, let's go to our MLS games. And we're going to do the same strategy as last time by going one game at a time. And the first game we are going to talk about is, well, actually, we're not talking about it. I'm mentioning it. Ben, 
mentioning it. English is difficult sometimes. NYCFC lost 2 nothing to Philly. Uh, Alejandro Bedoya and Daniel Gazdag scored the goals. I believe, is that back-to-back games for Gazdag scoring? I believe so. He's having a good season so far. Uh, so that's a good sign for Philly, replacing the Cashbury Chevilco uh, production. But yeah, now we're going in detail on this one because, well, okay, why are we going on, on detail on this one? Is it because Cincinnati's good or because Inter Miami suck? Because Cincinnati won three to one. Uh, Brandon Vasquez scored twice with an assist. Again. Yeah, again. Ronald Matarita scored the third goal and Higuain. And that. Yeah, sorry. And Vasquez scored a penalty, or not scored, drew a penalty, which was not converted because Lucho Acosta put it wide of the. By the way, you want to hear something really sad? So I was watching this game and it was the Cincinnati broadcast because they were at home. And before the game, they made a point to show us Lucho Acosta's family, like pitch side, his wife and two kids. And they were like, yeah, you know, if he scores, he's going to go celebrate with his family. So he steps up for this penalty. They show the family again, and then he just misses wide. He just missed wide of the post. And they go back to the family, and you can see the kids. They're like, they're like confused. They're like, why, why didn't dad score? It's it's so funny, but also so sad. What must go through your head if you're the kid of a player and you watch that happen? Fortunately, like they're young enough to where I think it's just one of those, like, you know, oh, dad, why'd you miss the penalty? You're not like you know, secondhand embarrassment if they, if they were like young teenagers or whatever. So and thankfully they're still pretty young kids, but. And that means they're also not knowledgeable of the fact that he will likely get a whole ton of hate. Um, Drew, why did you just celebrate? Jamaica scored. I don't think it means anything, but they just scored. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Who scored it? That's a great question that I do not know the answer to. Interesting, by the way, they didn't calling Mikel Antonio for this international window. Probably because they're eliminated. They did call in Leon Bailey, though. So, yeah, I don't know. No, nothing yet. Let's talk about Cincinnati and uh, Miami. What is true here? Is Cincinnati good? Or is Miami just this terrible? Um, let's think about this. So Cincinnati, I think it is a Cincinnati is hmm, Brandon Vasquez is performing a lot better than I think anyone ever expected in these last couple of games. Granted it is two games, um, four goals and assists. I don't know if he got an assist in his last game and then drawing a penalty. So he's been playing really well. He's played with Atlanta United is the only other destination I think he has had in the league. And there we saw glimpses of it. Um, but I think when you're backing up Joseph Martinez, you kind of don't get to play a whole lot. And then you're not really the guy when you look at Elaine United. So props on him for performing well these two games. Um, I mean, they're three points, the exact same. It doesn't matter if you're playing Seattle, Miami, when you're talking about getting points to make it in the playoffs. Three points is three points. But when you look at Cincinnati and, you know, they – this isn't a stretch that makes you think this team's going to win the wooden spoon again, because on one hand, well, you beat Miami at home. Like that might be the easiest possible fixture in the league. 
but they also went to Orlando and got a win. I think we're still kind of confused as to what Orlando is going to be this year. There's still some expectations, but there's a lot of newness in that club. The attacking options are very new. Um, I think Facundo Torres scored his first goal. So we're still kind of confused as to what Orlando City is going to be. But, I mean, regardless, going on the road at all for Cincinnati and getting a win is something to be like, holy crap, we don't see this a whole lot. Um, so that's something that deserves recognition. And getting Miami, I think, was just a benefit of, I mean, you have to play them, right? I think you, I assume they go to Miami as well. But, I mean, to their credit, they got the job done against a bad team, right? That's what good teams do. I'm not saying Cincinnati's a good team, you know, playoffs or whatever. But, I mean, you played a bad team at home, and we talked about, like, it should have been 4-1 possibly. So credit to them for that. Um, they have another interesting test Saturday with Charlotte on the road. So I, I'm not sure I'm ready to say this team is good yet. This just feels very, you know, Brandon Vasquez randomly found his form. Uh, I mean, hopefully continues it. I mean, there's no bad blood. I think for Brandon Vasquez, he seems like a great player, great person. Um, but this just seems all too weird and random, but if they continue it, I mean, Saturday is going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough one going on the road to play Charlotte, a pretty confident team. Now, we're still waiting to see what Svitarski's status is going to be. And I think that's going to be a major picture as well, but they go to Atlanta host LAFC uh, back-to-back with Toronto's. That's really weird. They go to Toronto on April 30th and then host Toronto on May 4th, that Wednesday. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, Yeah. I don't think I'm not totally sold on Cincinnati just yet. We'll see though. But I think this is just a random case of Brandon Vasquez finding his form and good on him. I mean, U.S. player striker that usually, I mean, the position hasn't been solidified since the last time we thought it was solidified. And then the guy went to Germany. You're like, oh, crap, maybe it's not solidified. So who the heck knows what's going on? Um, Hopefully he keeps it up. But I think this is just a random hiccup in form. But they spent all this money. You get a bunch of pretty talented players confident. You never know what could happen. So I'm not sold on him quite yet. Um, I think this is just Vasquez randomly being good for a couple of games. So that's, you know, I think that's kind of the assumption with most people, but with him coming from Atlanta United, right. And and playing a little bit with Atlanta United, uh, he did this when he played for them, when he was playing for the five stripes, he scored all the time. Uh, now, just like purely looking at his stats, it's not great. Like if you look at his goals to appearances, it's not, you know, it's, it's nothing special. But there were many times when Vasquez would make the most of his minutes. I'll never forget his first appearance for the team. It was against Real Salt Lake in, it was early season, I think April of 2017. So it was, you know, their first season. And uh, I think Joseph Martinez was gone on international duty or injured or whatever. And Vasquez, uh, he, he subbed on, he ended up subbing on at the end and scoring like immediately his first touch of the game. So that was my first impression of Brandon Vasquez and, you know, being new to the sport, being new to MLS and learning about him. I mean, this is a guy who played for the U S U 17s and U 19s growing up. He's from the same class as Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams. Like he's definitely no scrub. The only trouble is like drew alluded to in Atlanta, you know, who's he backing up? He's not stealing Joseph Martinez minutes and when Joseph was pretty hurt back in 2017, it was Tito Vialba who was getting those minutes over Vasquez. 
And then uh, in 2020, Vasquez was already with Cincinnati and, um, you know, couldn't pick up the slack left behind from Martinez's ACL injury. So to me, this is just kind of who Vasquez always has been. Um, And, you know, it's odd. I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend, especially because of his awesome performance against Miami. But one of the main reasons why it was okay for Vasquez to leave is because of his incident with Ezekiel Barco and uh, Vasquez's partner at the time. Um, there was sort of a, a dressing room incident in the summer of 2018. And so I kind of wonder, like, what if, you know, what if Barco had never done that? What if Vasquez had stayed with Atlanta United and picked up some of the slack? You know, maybe he's still with the team in 2020 when Joseph goes down with his knee. So it's just kind of a fun uh a fun exercise to do, you know, a, a real big what if for him, but it's good to see him getting minutes now. Uh, you know, is he going to score a brace every game? No, pro- probably not. Like that's just, obviously it's unrealistic and it's such a small sample size right now, but he's doing really well. And again, he's proven time and time again, especially in my eyes that he's capable of scoring often and consistently. And so good on Cincinnati for finally figuring that out. He's been, he's been with them like the whole time. Quickly on Miami, are they going to take the wooden spoon from Cincinnati this year? Is that like a guarantee at this point? It's looking like it. I think Phil Neville is eesh, not a good spot right now. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> I would say at this point, Miami is definitely a front runner. You know, we thought it was Cincinnati for a couple of weeks, but uh, they seem to have dug themselves out of that early hole. Um, Man, I Miami. I forgot oh, Miami, Miami lost five to one. That just seems fake. And then they get brutal. they get the revs, and then they go to Seattle. <sighs> and that's that's after the international break, isn't it? So New England will be finally they'll get a rest after this huge start to the season between CCL. So it's yeah, yeah it's not going to get easy for Miami. Get a week off, host Houston, host New England, go to Seattle host Atlanta, go to New England. Now, um, what if, you know, let's, let's say Miami ends up losing a couple of those games. Do you think Phil Neville lasts to the summer? Do you think he makes it to the summer at that rate? Here's the better question. Do you think David Beckham could fire his friend, Phil Neville? I guess that's the real question, huh? Maybe the Moss brothers need to step in and be like, dude. Yeah, I think he's going to face so much pressure that I think he'll do it. But will he last to the summer? No, I'm not going to say no. We don't see. Bye. Hold on. The By the June 19th game, when they come to Atlanta, Phil Neville will not be the coach of Inter-Miami. All right. That's the Drew's calling it right now. Probably a safe, probably a safe bet <laughs> at this rate. Uh, I take Inter Miami will not make the playoffs. Wow, man, you're going out on a limb. You heard it here first. That's man. I got third degree burns from that. Wow. All right. Um, <laughs> enough talking about the excitement that is Miami. And instead we'll continue on, on our games, uh, going to the excitement that was the Toronto FC versus DC United game. 
where Toronto FC won two to one at home for the first win under the Bob in the Bob Bradley era. Uh, Jonathan Osorio scored a gorgeous goal, uh, which I think was an own goal, but we won't go into that. Uh, and Alejandro Pazuelo scored a goal off a corner. Uh, Russell Canous uh, scored. Alone, it's, it's just funny watching it give you fits for some reason. I don't know why I'm struggling with this name, uh, but for some reason I am. And yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. But yeah, uh, Toronto getting a win under its belt, which is a good sign. They now don't have to worry about Lorenzo Insigne hurting himself in the World Cup because he isn't going. Uh, <laughs> shout out Italy. Next game, LA Galaxy lost one nothing at home to Orlando. Facundo Torres scored Orlando's goal in his first. Um, is it his first game? I think it was his first game, right? No, it was not his first game. Oh, did he start? Maybe it was his first start that I saw. It was not his first start either. It was his first goal. We get it, Connor. You don't watch Orlando. Gosh. What can I say? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Orlando haven't had the best start to the season, but good win against a pretty decent LA Galaxy side. So that's a positive. Uh, okay, this should be highlighted because we are going in depth on it. Somewhat. Atlanta drew Montreal 3-3. Three to three. They were down 3-1 to one with like 10 minutes to go in the match. And two minutes to go. How much? Wait, actually, one was no, that, that's about right. That sounds right. Around 10 minutes left. Uh, Joseph Martinez, Tiago Almada, and Brooks Lennon scored Atlanta's goal. Brooks Lennon on a goal that definitely should have been saved. Um, there's a lot of things that should have happened in this game <laughs> that didn't happen or happened in a really weird way. Okay, before you go, because you're gonna rant, uh, Georgie Mihailovic. Ishmael Kone, uh, who's been called up to the Canadian national team camp, and Romel Kyoto scored for Montreal. Josh, you had some issues that you you have some opinions you want to voice. Not opinions, facts. They're facts. You have some opinions you want to voice. <laughs> Not opinions. <laughs> um... So coming into this game, right, especially as an Atlanta fan, um, as someone who follows the league so well, obviously doing this podcast, the assumption coming into a game like this is Montreal is coming off a grueling CCL tie. They tried really hard to beat Cruz Azul uh, at home. They did not get it done. Most of the guys that started and played that game started this game, right? So not a, not a very... Uh, uh, rotated lineup or anything. The expectation is Montreal, who's had to play five games in the last two weeks, is probably going to be pretty tired. They just had to travel another few thousand miles down to Atlanta, right? All the way from up in Montreal. And Atlanta has only played two games in the last 14 days, and they're playing at home. What does that equal? It should equal Atlanta United winning. So First 10 minutes going great. They're pressing high. They're taking advantage of Montreal being tired. Joseph Martinez scores that goal in the sixth minute off a high press turnover. So plans working. And then, and then for some reason, Atlanta United decides to go full 
pickup, full amateur, defense optional, and they just allow one of the most embarrassing corner kicks of all time. They take a corner kick, no one's back for the Montreal turnover, and Georgi Mihailovic, and I don't even know who's running with him, they two on nothing, two on nothing, Brad Guzan. He didn't have a single defender back to help him. Georgi Mihailovic put Guzan in the blender, made him look just completely silly, made him look like a complete clown. Chicago on Chicago violence. And uh, from there, this is, this is where it's not an opinion. It's a fact. Following this brutal Georgi Mihailovic set piece goal, Atlanta United started to play like children. They started to act like children. They played like they were embarrassed, that they just gave up this really stupid goal, which they did. And they decided to sulk. And they decided to be sad about it and not do anything. And because they're all entitled and they have this great stadium and these great facilities and they got a MLS Cup in their second year. And Can I just interject for a second and say, um, so far this is all opinion. No, 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 no. None of this is Go back and watch. You'll see. They play like children. I watched it with my own eyes. As it was happening, I was like, man, they do not look good right now. Their body language is atrocious. And then guess what happens? Guess what happens? They give up two goals in five minutes. In five minutes, two more goals. And they are all of a sudden down three to one. Three to one. It's not only that they gave up the goals. It's the way they gave up the goals. Horrible defending on the Kone. Uh, it was a cutback to Kone. Great finish from him, by the way. Uh, and then the real Romel Kyoto penalty, right, was – I can't remember who it was that got into the box. might have been Joaquin Torres or maybe Kone. But that's a result of, like, how is Montreal on, on tired legs able to just run into the box like that, right? Like, that's not allowed. Miles Robinson, bad decision to pull. So just horrible, horrible. Halftime happens. Elaine Knight comes back. Uh, and just when you think it can't get any worse, Dom Dwyer decides to Dom Dwyer it up, gets a red card for going studs up on a guy's <laughs> knee. Not the first time he's ever tried to do something like that. And so all of a sudden, Atlanta United has to play the last 30 minutes down a man, already down 3-1. And at this point, I'm just infuriated. I'm, I'm complaining to everybody. Luckily for Atlanta United, Tiago Almada decided to make a grand entrance in the league in his second appearance for uh, for the league, uh, for the team. And he gets his goal in the 85th minute. And then Brooks Lennon got his, uh, set piece goal, which like Connor said, should not have been a goal. Uh, was it Breza? Yeah. Sebastian Breza. That was some of the goalkeeping I've ever seen. Brooks Lennon didn't even hit it that well. I mean, you know, good for him for putting it on target. Yeah. I mean, good for Lennon for putting it on target. Like that's the first step in a free kick direct goal, you know? Cause you hope a keeper makes a mistake like that and just doesn't. But anyway, I, I, it's just really frustrating. Like, like I said, they just, I've never seen a team shut down so fast. Like I get it. You've just given up a really bad goal, but you guys are professionals. You know, you're being paid money to play a child's game. Like the very least you could do is act like the adult you are and just move on. Right. And they, they just so obviously did not do that. And so, again, they need to be really grateful for Almada. They need to be really grateful for some horrible goalkeeping because otherwise they would have lost at home. And this was basically a loss if it weren't for those last five minutes kind of making it feel successful. But that was easily one of the – it's not that it was a really bad performance from Atlanta because there were good moments. It's just I've just never seen a a team respond so poorly to a goal like that, and especially a team with the pedigree and resume that this club has. So – Extremely 
extremely disappointing. Quickly, before we go a little bit more on this, Stephen Goff just tweeted apparently the U.S. lineup, and then the lineup was deleted. What was it? Who was So the apparent U.S. lineup that was tweeted and then the team deleted was Stefan Yedlin, Zimmerman, Miles Robinson, Anthony Robinson, Adams, Musa, Acosta, Wea, Pepe, Pulisic. Whoa. Okay. Well, it was... Um... It was nice knowing you guys. Man, that sucks. Yes, what? Before we get depressed about U.S. soccer, Miguel Amaron scored for Paraguay, and it's the greatest day in the world. Oh, that's what you're celebrating. Life is good again. Yes. This is for World Cup qualifiers, right? I don't know. I assume so. The best human being on the planet scored a goal in a soccer game. It is. It is. Life is good. I'm pretty sure Paraguay is already eliminated, but that's not important. 3-0 over Ecuador. (laughs) <laughs> okay um drew did you watch the atlanta game were you able to or were you working that i watched oh yeah yeah that was a wild one so my friend came over and visited this weekend and i just got back um from so the independence played the greenville triumph in a friendly i don't want to talk about what the actual soccer happened on that one um but i came back and it was one nil it's like okay whatever cool and then we started watching and then it was three ones that, okay, this game is over. And then my ESPN plus streaming just stopped working. And then it was like, okay, fine. It's three, one. We don't want to watch this anyway. Um, Dom Dwyer got a red, like Atlanta's done for. And then I go to the shower and I come out and it's three, three. So I did not watch the game. Uh, maybe it was a good thing that I didn't watch it. Cause while I was watching, I didn't see Atlanta score a goal. It's pretty much, I saw Atlanta came up one nil. And then I saw all three Montreal goals. Um, I did not see Almada's goal. I did not see Brooks London's goal. So, no, I did not. But it was exciting to see the fight from the team. I think that was the main thing. Uh, But when you let up a goal like that, and then when Miles Robinson just gets demolished in the box, it's there are two ways to look at it. I think it's encouraging to see the team fight back from a 3-1 deficit. But it's also like those are the goals that you surrendered. That's kind of embarrassing. That's not acceptable. Um, but got a point out of it. Um, on Montreal side of things, again, you can look at it as you went on the road and got a point after CCL. But also you blew a two-goal lead in crazy short amount of time. So both sides, I think, have cause to be embarrassed. I personally think Montreal should be the more embarrassed of the two teams. Um, but then again, when you watch that goal, that – Literally, it was like watching the high, no, watching that goal off the corner kick. It was just one of those, like, someone's back there, right? It's not just Brad Guzan. And it kept showing, he's like, nope, it's just Brad Guzan. Like, there's no way this is possible. Um, so that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So both teams, I think, have reason to be embarrassed. I think Montreal more so than Atlanta. But when you allow those type of goals, um, that's that's pretty bad. Thankfully, Almada and Brooklyn pulled something crazy out. But you can't be banking on that all the time. Can I just make a quick point on Brad Guzan? Because I, you especially, Josh, sort of gave Guzan a pass on that goal. That was the two on zero. I think he played that incredibly poorly. What was he? What was what was he supposed to do? He was two on zero. He had no help whatsoever. In that situation, you have to be incredibly aggressive. You have to. There no work. They would just pass it to the other dude and then goal. Try to force them to be offside. Is look, I'm. 
I'm not saying you're wrong. You're right. He definitely did not play it aggressive enough. But at the end of the day, the only way that goal is not going in is if Montreal somehow messes it up. And they didn't. Exactly. They didn't mess it up. No, but you, as a goalkeeper, that's what you have to do. You have to try to force them to make the mistake. All right, we get it. You played goalkeeper when you were younger, and you you know from experience, all right? No, because anybody with a functioning brain who understands making mistakes, anybody who's played attacking soccer can realize that you do make mistakes when you're under pressure. And that wasn't a mis- That was the bigger problem is not that Braguzan got spun around. Yes, we're, yeah, we're problem, ignoring the real issue here. The entire midfield, there was it was just him. Yeah, okay. What was the expected goals on that? I think it was an expected goal of one. I don't think that's possible, but it should have been. You know whose responsibility it normally is on those corner kicks to stay back and make sure that counterattack doesn't happen? George Bello. He was the guy who'd been doing that the last three years, by the way. So thanks a lot, Ronald Hernandez. Not that it was only his fault, but a few of them kind of messed up. All right, we, we got to move on. I can't, yeah. it's already bad vibes, like bad vibes from Atlanta, bad vibes from this U.S. lineup that got posted in this the, the, a pure dread. What Move on, let's go. Miguel Amaron scored, be happy. There is a reason Brad Guzan is no longer on the U.S. national team. Let's yeah, it's because just, he's old and there are better, younger options. It's not because he's a bad goalkeeper. He's just meh who makes a great salary. That is the only correct that man has take. a good agent. <laughs> okay. Um, also the U S men's national team officially tweeted the lineup, and I'm pretty sure it's the same thing that Stephen golf tweeted. Interesting. Can they, Canada just tweeted their lineup. Uh, you've got Alistair Johnson, Kamal Miller, um, Stephen Eustachio, Tajon Buchanan, Atiba Hutchinson, Mark Anthony K, Kyle Aaron, Milan Borion, uh, Jonathan David, Jonathan Osorio, and Richie uh, Larea. Pretty solid team, uh, if I do say so myself. So, big game against Costa Rica. Hopefully, Canada pulls it out. Next game, Chicago taking on SKC, one three to one. Kasper Shabilko scored twice with Shakiri scoring his first goal on a penalty. Uh, Roger Espinosa scored SKC's lone goal and. Well, we're going in detail again. Charlotte FC beat New England 3-1 to one at home. Uh, this was their first win in club history, so huge for Charlotte. Rebs, Rebs, Rebs were coming off an embarrassing uh, CCL defeat. Again, we're not going to get into that because I could go on another rant. Um, yeah. Swiderski scored a brace. Uh, ben Bender, the super draft pick, scored the third goal for uh, Charlotte and New England uh, was New England had Carlos Hill score for them on a penalty. I do want to mention before we go in depth a little bit, New England were without Adam Buxa and Gustavo bow, who I believe both were out injured, I think, but at the same time, New England lost three, one to Charlotte. Is this more impressive for Charlotte or more of an indictment on New England? I think it's more impressive for Charlotte, not in a pure, we just beat New England sense, but from a, we just got our first ever club win sense and in front of our home fans. Um, you know, New England's coming off that really bad loss and they just played in Mexico And just like Montreal, I was talking about a few minutes ago, you know, they just played like five games in two days. And remember they played in the blizzard 
last weekend and in the few days before that in the first leg of their CCL matchup that was also in the snow so New England's been all over the place and then like you said they were missing a few key players because of injuries or rotation or whatever whatever else so I think when you factor all of that in it's it's more impressive for Charlotte than it is like a problem for New England uh, and again we, we, we've been looking at all these CCL teams and they've all run into the same issue of really struggling after having just played um, you know, that uh, continental game. So, yeah, I mean, just, you know, big congrats to Charlotte and especially for their fans. You don't know how this first season is going to turn out for them. I do think they're starting to trend upward the last couple of weeks, and that's got to be really exciting. At the end of the day, the team is still constructed in a weird way, and they're definitely still missing some top-end talent. Uh, but, I mean, Swiderski, I mean, he's showing you what the team saw in making him a DP, and so that was really exciting. And I saw a really interesting debate because his, his, the shots he made, those like the expected goals were not very high, meaning he took like really low percentage shots. Uh, but the fact that he's able to score those is really impressive because you look at players like Joseph Martinez and Raul Ruiz Diaz, they, they also love to score goals like that, that are really low percentage shots um, and are not that likely to go in. So if he can become, you know, even three quarters of those players, that's already, I think, a really good return for Charlotte. Yeah, I'm not taking too much of this away because I think New England also missed a couple pretty good chances. They created a couple of chances off corners, just general, you know, open play creation, whether it was a missed opportunity, a poor finishing or things like that. Obviously, like you said, the penalty, I thought it was a deserved penalty. Um, Charlotte's keeper, I forgot who even earned the penalty. And then, yeah, like you said, Carlos, he'll put it away. But I think, sure, this is one of those games where when you look at their first couple of results there, um, D.C. United, obviously, that was just a tough, you know, a couple of bad breaks bounced their way. And then it was, I think it was 3 nil. It's like, oh, gosh, this is going to be a rough season. Well, no, it wasn't that rough of a start. Just everything that could go wrong went wrong for Charlotte. And this game kind of was the opposite. Like sometimes soccer bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you play a CCL team who's tired and they start missing chances. And sometimes, you know, you get screwed with a VAR taking away a goal, some deflections and things like that. So I think this is just a Charlotte played well and things bounced their way. That's just how this game works Uh, for New England. CCL, you're on the road. That's just asking for trouble. Um, so I mean, impressive on Charlotte. Yeah, like Swiderski, he looks like he's that dude. We're still waiting to see what he's going to be like on Saturday. Um, he looked really exciting. Like Josh mentioned with the expected goals, he compared him to Joseph Martinez, Marie Diaz, two really good dudes to be in company with. Now, if you can keep that up consistently, that's the question. Um, but I mean, yeah, it bounced Charlotte's way. We haven't seen that. We didn't see that against DC United and this time we did. And they put a good team away. Um, they get Cincinnati on Saturday, so that's another game that they should win, I think. But not taking it a whole lot away from either team in this game, just because New England's tired and Charlotte, it bounced their way. Um, and then hopefully Severski. It looks like it's not going to be bad, even if he is out Saturday. I mean, he's just training by himself. And who knows? I mean, he could be 100% ready to go for that game against Cincinnati or coming off the bench. But he looks like that dude. Um he created a bunch of havoc for Atlanta and then finally had to get a brace here. So I think Charlotte's building on something um, really well. And now it looks like we finally get to see 
kind of a glimpse of that um, at home against New England. So good win for them. Excited to see what this means for the future and hopefully they can keep it up because obviously that city is this city because I am in the city. Uh, it's going pretty crazy for them. I see Charlotte FC stuff all the time on my like a weekly run. I run by Bank of America Stadium and like there's all this Charlotte FC stuff everywhere. So the city is definitely super pumped about it and hopefully they can keep this up. Look at you being healthy and good to your body. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to go eat some ramen noodles and drink a Dr. Pepper at 10 p.m. and watch soccer on a Thursday. Yeah. Totally healthy. Uh, next game, Minnesota beat San Jose 1-0 at home. Luis Amarilla scored the long goal. Dallas beat Portland 4-1 at home. Jesus Ferreira scored a hat trick in the first 37 minutes of the game, which is absurd. And Paul Areola scored. Uh, Nias Gota scored for Portland. Next game, Houston scored a late equalizer in a one-to-one draw at home against Colorado. Mark Anthony Skate, Mark Anthony K scored for Colorado, uh, starting for Canada, by the way. And Atiba might be lining up at center back, Hutchinson. So that could be very interesting. Um, and then Tyler Pasher scored in the 90th minute for Houston. Shout out Canadian. Uh <laughs> Great Canadian. Um, Yeah. Now let's go into depth on our last game, which is RSL beating Nashville two to one. RSL's goals came from Bobby Wood and Tate Schmidt, while uh, Walker Zimmerman scored the lone goal for Nashville. I haven't seen this yet, but sort of the talk of MLS Twitter was Dax McCarty's red card who saw this because he was later today suspended for two games it was pretty bad what did he do so it was late in the game they're down 2-1 I think he came on as a sub if I'm not mistaken I think he replaced Anibal Godoy I could be lying though but he came on as a sub they're chasing the game and I don't know who did it but RSL forward took the ball into the corner like you're taught to do, waste time, whatever. And then, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think someone made a normal slide tackle, whatever. And then the ball was kind of caught up in the RSL player. And, of course, RSL player, like, tries to sell it again, wasting time, you know, one-on-one, waste time, get the win. And then Dex, I think to his credit, was trying to get the ball, but he stomped on the guy. It was pretty bad. It was kind of, it was rough. It was rough. I think deservedly a red, because I think he got a, it was a second yellow, if I'm not mistaken. So definitely deserved it. And he came on as a sub and yeah, it was bad. From a nice guy too, he doesn't, this doesn't happen to him a lot until the last two weeks, but. It would have been a straight red, even if he hadn't had a yellow or whatever, or if it was a straight red. So imagine the corner flag and then Dax, and then a guy laying on the ground and imagine the ball in between the guy and Dax McCarty, except Dax McCarty doesn't touch the ball at all. And he just like does the like hardest back heel you've ever seen (laughs) right into the guy on the ground. Yeah. It was bad. So where on the guy, uh, like his like stomach, like his midsection. Um, and he's like already laying on the ground. Like he's, it, it, it was, it was really bad. Like I, I don't normally, 
react to red cards unless it's like a gruesome injury, you know, those like really unfortunate tackles, those like freak accidents. But this was one of the few where I saw it and I was like, like it just looked. And and the worst part is like, you can tell just based on McCarty's language that he's mad. Like you can tell he's like kicking out of frustration, which, you know, it's understandable. Like Nash, you know, RSL are so good at frustrating teams. We saw this in the playoffs. Like they're just, they're just really good at, at, you know, bearing down and really grinding games out. And so I think it was just kind of getting to, you know, especially in the moment, of course, with these competitors who give everything out on the field and uh, yeah, Dax just got a little too heated and wasn't able to keep it under control, but yeah, it, it did not, it did not look good in the slightest. And for him to get a suspension for two games, I am not surprised at all. Yeah. That sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything else you wanted to go in depth on for this game or was it just a tackle? Yeah. RSL have 10 points in four games. That's, that's, good. that's amazing. And they're doing all of it without Demir Krylock. Um, I think Aaron Herrera has been coming back into form. Like he's been injured. They're, they're missing. Da- David Ochoa hasn't played yet for them this year. They're missing like their best players and they don't have any DPs. And I don't think they have any U22 players either. So for the, for the fact that they're 10 points on four games, they're one of like four undefeated teams right now with Philly, Chicago, and somebody else. LAFC, I think. That sounds right. That That's just incredible. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And they're only going to get better. So really, really huge props to Pablo Mastroeni. If RSL can keep this hot start up, you know, they will set themselves up for the rest of the season because there will at some point probably be some sort of lull. You know, they, they might, you know, lose some of this form. It's bound to happen probably. Uh, but imagine if they get like a really strong summer window. Imagine if they get some, you know, some good players added and you know that ownership group wants to get going with all this. So really exciting times up in Salt Lake and just a real good underrated start to the season. I can't remember. Does the ownership group have any stake in any other clubs? Uh, remember, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that owns the 76ers and uh, Augsburg, like he's okay. got his hands in a few yeah. different, but remember, he's only a, a financial guy. He never makes any decisions. He just gives those clubs money to make the decisions they want to make. Yeah, interesting. What about you, Drew? I, you know, RSL, hmm, what a fun club. Um. I don't want this to seem like I just despise RSL because this is very impressive, 10 points on four games. However, I think we need to acknowledge that this is like every time someone plays RSL, I think they're just so freaking tired and it all or something weird happens with these games. True. Open up. Why, bro, let why me do finish. you hate RSL? Let, why do you hate let RSL? Let me finish. Let me finish. This is the one team in the league I don't like. No, just kidding. Open up. <laughs> With Houston, nil-nil draw, whatever, the worst thing in the world. Be like, avoided that. Everyone avoided that game. That just sucked. Next game. Exist. That Next game, at Rio Tinto, which we know is like the worst place in the United States of America to play. One no win against Seattle. Impressive. Seattle, in the middle of a CCL run. We know CCL and winning MLS games doesn't go together. Okay. Hard on Seattle. Next game, at New England, the snow game where Carlos Hill lost his mind. In the middle of a CCL run, the Revs in the snow. Okay, impressive to make that comeback. 
Not saying that they suck, but again, really weird bounces. Some things really went the Revs way. So you played Seattle in the middle of the CCL run, Revs in the snow in the middle of the CCL run, and then Nashville, who Nashville probably should have won that game. Dan Lovett hit the post. I think that's why Dax McCarty was PO'd because they just couldn't put the game away. Um, and then he comes on the field and he's just mad already. And Nashville has yet to play a home game because that new stadium opens up in like a month. So they're just making this West Coast horrible road trip at Rio Tinto. So they've played a tired Seattle team at horrible elevation, the Revs in the snow with not a lot of rest, a tired Nashville team at horrible elevation. So I think RSL is good, but I think everything literally is going their way right now, which they're taking advantage of. And like Josh said, I mean, if you have a good summer window, these are three points. So they could make this really mean something, but I just think we need to pump the brakes a little bit because literally every single thing is bouncing RSL's way, except for like the worst possible soccer game imaginable when you draw nil-nil at the Houston Dynamo. In fairness, I think they deserve some things to go right after what they have been through the last couple seasons. I mean, that's fair, but like, this is, they're a good team, but like every single one of these games, you're playing a tired team in the middle of a CCL run or in the middle of a crazy long road stretch at elevation. This and you, you should, they should have lost to Nashville. This is slander, man. I'm just pump it a little bit. No, no, no. It's okay. Exciting. So let's, Let's let's put all this in perspective then. Okay. So we're gonna look at look at the three wins. All right. They beat Seattle. Okay. This is the same Seattle that not only took care of business against the Liga MX team in CCL, they also beat the Los Angeles Galaxy and they drew against what is so far looking like a pretty decent Austin team. Okay. So who cares if they're tired? That doesn't matter. Then stop Seattle from winning some games. All right. So throw that excuse out the window. All right, let's look at their next win. Okay, over New England. Are we just going to forget that New England had a 2-0 lead through like 80 minutes of this game? I don't care about the snow. New England should have won because of the snow, if anything, all right? Because they're from New England. They just played in the snow three days earlier. And to blow a 2-0 lead, I don't care what the weather is. Like, that is just, that's that's catastrophic on some levels, right? And then Nashville, I'll give you that one a little bit, except this is the same Nashville that beat Seattle on the road. So why can't they beat RSL on the road? You know, it's the same deal. But let's, this is also the same Nashville team that lost to Dallas. Yeah, but like Dallas Nashville has looking... not won a game since Seattle. Everyone was like, oh, crap, Nashville's good. Oh, man, they did it. And they haven't won a game since. Drew Minnesota, I, I will... Drew Dallas. Now this home, this is a crazy road stretch because the stadium nonsense. I will give you the Nashville just because of – of, of them being, you know, tired and in the road trip or blah, 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 blah. But still to chalk it up as like RSL getting lucky. I don't. And, and I say this from a place of me knowing that they don't really focus on like tactical stuff. You know, they don't really like what's their identity on the field. They don't human spirit. That's what it is. That's what Pablo <laughs> Mastroeni will tell you. This is all about the human spirit. And is he wrong? No, he's not wrong at all. They're doing great so far, but yeah, I, I think they've they've worked for these. I I think it's just a little unfair to say, you know, things have been going their way when, in fact, RSL have just been, you know, m- mentality is so important, as we're about to find out when the U.S. fails to qualify for another World Cup. Mentality is everything. It's not always about talent. So This feels extremely like the conversation we're going to be having about the Toronto Blue Jays come early July. 
the, the human spirit? No, not the human spirit. The debate of are they really this good or are things just going right for them? Because when you look at the Jays, the border situation, half of the, Do- not Dodgers, half of the Red Sox basically aren't going to be able to play against Toronto in Toronto. Yankees, Aaron Judge, I don't think is vaccinated. So it's going to come into a conversation of, okay, are they actually this good? And right now we're having this conversation because some things have gone right for RSL, but at the same time they do deserve credit because they've capitalized on that. And I think you're both right in that sense, which is why I think this debate would go on forever because you're basically arguing two valid points, right? No, I'm right. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Who's wrong? Okay, let's let's cool it. Um, you're both right <laughs> in a certain sense because, again, like RSL are not going to be these world dominator, crushing everybody forever teams, but they're also not clearly one of the worst teams in the West. Like a lot of us had them pictured, uh, and I guess Mastrione is a good coach, or the way he coaches just works, I guess, really well for short stretches of time, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good sign for RSL though. They deserve some things to go right after the, I can't say the word I want to say, but blank storm that they've had to go through with uh, their previous owner and all of that stuff. Um, But yeah, very interesting result, very good result for RSL and a little worrisome for Nashville because they have not been as good as we pictured them as being. Um, But at the same time, they're still a good team. So, you know, they'll figure it out. Let's go to our next game. Uh, No more in-depth games. We're just going to fire through the last three, which is Red Bulls conceding a late, late equalizer uh, to Columbus at home. Tarn Barlow scored for Red Bull with Darlington Nagby scoring for Columbus in the 95th minute. So very late, um, as I sort of emphasized, which... You know, Red Bull have looked pretty decent to start the season, and that's not a great result to give up, but they could make some noise this year. Austin drew 1-1 to Seattle. Will Bruin and Diego Fagundes scoring those goals. Uh, Seattle obviously coming off of CCL, so I'd imagine a little tired, but, you know, they still got a result, and they're still doing this without um, Nicolo Ladero and uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz. So... The fact that they're staying above water is a very good sign. and They're a very solid team. Final game, LAFC very beat Vancouver 3-1 to at home. Ryan Hollingshead scored two with Carlos Vela scoring the other. Uh, and he assisted on the um, Hollingshead goal that was the corner because he took the corner. And then former LAFC member who was taking the expansion draft and then quickly flipped to... Vancouver, who also just signed a contract extension, Tristan Blackman scored for scored the long goal for Vancouver. That's it. That's all the games we've got to talk about. Now all that's left is the players of the week, goals of the week, and our games to watch and our MLS fantasy update. Let's start with players of the week, and we will start with Mr. Hubbard. Oh, I get to start. Uh, I went with Ryan Hollingshead because we just talked about that game. 
two goals against Vancouver, easy money. He broke my heart, though, beating one of my favorite teams. Yeah. But he got my player of the week nod. <laughs> two goals for uh, a defender is always insane. And he's already looked like a really good pickup so far for LAFC. Uh, that trade could pay off very, very well if he continues to perform like this. Uh, another bet that could potentially pay off really, really well is Drew's uh, player of the week. Not Drew, Josh's player of the week. <laughs> I was looking at Josh and still said Drew. Josh. Every week, man. I know. Um, <laughs> we need a we needed the jar. Okay, the well, misidentification jar. Podcast today. Chill. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I went with <clears throat> Jesus Ferreira hat trick. That's pretty much always going to get the player of the week vote for me. And then Brandon Vasquez for his uh, two goals, assist, and PK drawn. A uh, side note: What a week for MLS. Like it was kind of like I think Hollingshead is a good pick. Um, Connor's pick is pretty good. I think an argument for Georgie Mihailovic, a goal and assist yeah. would normally be pretty, uh, pretty substantial. So just a lot of really strong individual performances from players this week. It was a really entertaining week too. Like as we were sort of talking about before the show started, no nil nil results, which is like, I'd imagine the first time in a very long time that's happened. Um, but yeah, my player, I went with Carol uh, Svidersky. Two goals, I think, in his debut. Um, potentially, I'm not sure. Just a great match from him. I, he might have assisted the Ben Bender goal. I'm not sure who assisted that, but I know he was definitely involved. So, could be a really good pickup for Charlotte. Next up, goals of the week. Um, I'll go first because mine's tied to Drew's player of the week. And I went with Ryan Hollingshead, uh, his volley, which I thought was. Really, really nice. Uh, it was sort of a half volley, I guess, but I thought he hit it really clean. Uh, really loved how low and driven it was. I love those volleys. Those volleys are just so clean. Um, really loved that. I'm really disappointed Drew picked this goal because it really sucked, but Drew, it's your goal of the week. It sucked. Come on. You suck. Uh, Bricks Lennon's goal to tie it up against Montreal in the dying minutes directly after free kick did not suck because Montreal has this weird thing where they let Atlanta score directly off free kicks because the broadcasters mentioned that Kevin Kratz did it that one time twice. It was awesome. I was in the stadium for that. So somewhere Kevin Kratz is smiling, happy, not smiling down, happy because that makes it sound like he's dead. No, Kevin Kratz is very much still alive. I think he's coaching with the team. Um, but that was cool. Direct free kick. It was a banger. Big fan. I wish I got to see it live, but alas, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, we'll ignore the in just embarrassing goalkeeping. That, you know, is what it is. Josh, you two are just two homers. Okay, this was this was clearly the best goal of the week. It did win goal of the week, so that's facts right there. Oh, yeah, because we can totally trust goal of the week that involves voting. Yeah, it's, you know... I mean, player I think this... voting, media voting. There's no fan involvement whatsoever. Not none at all. Or else Atlanta would always win if they were nominated, and that never happens. Oh yeah, so rare. It's a really <laughs> rare occurrence. Finally, Atlanta gets a recognition. <laughs> hey, remember, remember that time Christian Roldan scored two golosos in back-to-back weeks, and Atlanta United players won the goal of weeks, which led to people. Accusing Atlanta United of starting voting bots. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it was. But anyway, speaking of Atlanta United and winning goals of the week because it happens pretty often, uh, I picked Thiago Almada, and he was the one who 
to be fair, it was a really good goal. So at least, at least that aspect of it was deserving. All right, and we're going now to games to watch, and we've got a mixed bag for this one because there isn't many MLS games, so two of us have gone for international games, but we'll stick with the first MLS game, and that coming from Mr. Drew Hubbard, who is following the rules. Mr. Hubbard, what is your game to watch? My game to watch is RSL versus Sporting Kansas City. SKC at home. Maybe this is a chance for RSL to actually... See what's going on. They're on the road. They're not playing a CCL team or a team that's on a crazy road trip. Maybe this is a chance for either everyone to say, oh, bunch of frauds or, oh, this team's legitimately not that bad. So good opportunity for RSL. One of the few games, like you said, um, Cincinnati, Charlotte play. And then we get Orlando and Portland. So only three games this weekend. But that was my game of the week. As you two went, both there's only both same opponent. Yes, both same opponent. I'll go first. Uh, I went with Canada versus Panama. Um, it could be an absolutely crucial game for Panama. Um, potential implications of them pushing above the playoff spot or even uh, fighting for the play playoff spot um, between them and Costa Rica, who I think are one point apart right now. So. Huge game for them, um, which is why I went with them. Josh, you also went with a Panama game. There's only one Panama game left, so explain to us why you chose this one. Yep, chose the U.S. versus Panama because it. this is the game for the U.S. Honestly, the Mexico game tonight really doesn't have that much bearing on whether or not the U.S. qualifies. They'll need like lots of other results. But that direct head-to-head game against Panama at home would create a six-point gap and would greatly increase their chances of qualifying for the World Cup. So looks like uh, Mr. Greg Berhalter decided to go for it here in the Azteca, whether or not that comes back to bite them in three days when they play Panama at home. We'll see. It's not like the U.S. has struggled against Panama in this World Cup qualifying cycle or anything. You know, I can't think of like a maybe like a one-nil result or something um, with a B team, but we'll, we'll see. You know, it, it should be fine. Yeah, and hopefully they have enough players to play in that game because Reggie Cannon has a confirmed positive COVID test. Um, and uh, there are three fullbacks. We have three fullbacks. Yeah, you might have to call in Joe Scally or um, who's the other guy I saw? Uh, Ryan Hollingshead. No, Shaq. Moore. Yeah, they should do Ryan Hollingshead, honestly. Probably should do. It's too late for that. Yes. Um <laughs> But we got to do fantasy update because I got to take off. I'm going to do an Instagram live before the um, Canada game as Josh leaves, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, he basically doesn't talk and he probably doesn't want to hear what I'm about to say. Uh, I haven't even looked at it this week. This is going to be even weird. Well, we're starting off the top with the top five because I love the fifth place team's name. Number one, Avenue BFC with Ketchum uh, sitting on 365 points. Closely followed by Moron FC, who's sitting on 361. Moron FC had a great week last week. They put up the most points in our league uh, with 95. Third, U.S. Men's National Team SC with Prezipiorka. I'm sorry. I, I'm really sorry. I'm never going to be able to say that name. If you want to, you can tweet me uh, a 
like how to say it guide thing. Um, at C-W-G-S-O-M-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, if you're even still listening to this. In fourth, uh, Real AVC with Verdeja, who's sitting on 345 points. And then in fifth, running at our top five, two twos in a row. Um, Nelson, shout out Nelson. We all love Nelson. Sitting on 323. Um, with Ivan Arneles, also friend of the show, very closely behind in sixth. In terms of us, well, Josh, you should probably leave because you suck. Uh, although you did have a good week last week. You put up 70 fantasy points. You're sitting on 192 in 21st um, of 24. Stupid. Not, it's not great. Stupid. Um, your brother stupid. is doing a lot better than you. He's sitting in 18th with 85 points last week. He had a great week, uh, sitting on 225 points. Drew is just narrowly above him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you only got 55 points last week. You're sitting on 227. So you got a two-point buffer right now. It's very tight. And I am now top 10, uh, sitting in ninth. I've climbed the standings. Had a good week last week, putting up 87 points, um, sitting on 293. Uh, looking at the people around me, I am very far behind Caitlin Chael. <laughs> Chael City Blues sitting on 315. And decent amount ahead of Party with Charlotte FC in Wicker. Uh, who's sitting on 282. So, yeah, fantasy, our league's doing well. Continue to follow, continue to set your lineups. Don't forget to do that. Um, Josh, <laughs> you got to at least... I did, I did better by not touching the same lineup from the week before. Okay, Explain to me the logic. Explain. You got to at least try to beat your brother. I did. I, I did more points than him this past week. Oh, you didn't. Whatever, close enough. 10, 10 points, like, more than him, it's the same thing, you know? Your brother put up 85. Yeah, and I got 86. You got 70. That's, as far as I know, in terms of math, and my math is not very good, but I think that's less than 85. I think. I'm Look, who's the real winner here? The suckers playing fantasy soccer or the guy who's decided to live a healthy life and not play fantasy soccer it's the friends we made along the way yeah there we go but mine seem to be turning on me they're becoming <laughs> enemies <laughs> look we're we've seen uh our community grow um i don't know that's what i'm saying S- side <laughs> note um while we're talking about this happy two-year anniversary to us our first ever mls multiplex podcast episode debuted on march 18th of 2020 hey. most godforsaken year of existence uh so if there's one bright spot to come out of 2020 it's that we started this podcast for all 12 of you listening thank you so much for sticking with hey, us we're getting through two years 30 40 50 ep- an episode um nice so, you know we're going up and it's not quite my anniversary yet although i did edit so i guess it counts yeah yeah you were you were still part of the podcast even if you weren't uh quite hosting yet but yeah, yeah, I did. I did notice that. And we'll be coming up on our hundredth episode soon in a, in a few yeah. weeks. I think today's the 92nd or 93rd episode. So we're getting close. Uh, let me check. Um, yeah, I didn't join because I was getting pounded by schoolwork. Uh, 
as the pandemic sort of hit and everybody was like, oh, we're going to go online. Here is all of the work in the world. Um, I think it's 90. This will be 91 um, for us. We've uploaded a couple, like one bonus episode with Ivan, uh, sort of like an interview. And yeah, that was about it. Um, But, and the Nkosi episode, I don't think I counted. Um, So yeah, we're around 91, 92 in terms of total episodes, but yeah, it's been a wild, wild time and we'll stop rambling on, or at least I'll stop rambling on and I'll let Drew ramble on with our outro and he will remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. Thank you guys so much as always for listening as we get Eclipse Wonderful 90 in two years. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. As always visit the website, MLS Multiplex com to check out awesome written content from our team of writers whether it be you know international games mls ccl things like that um visit the website on twitter at mls multiplex um you can find us on twitter myself at underscore drew hubbard josh at josh underscore bolin and connor at cwg somerville so be sure to check us out on social media rants about canada the u.s mls everything like that so be sure to check us out on social media be sure to leave a review on the podcast. We'd love hearing ways of how we can improve the episodes. And like Connor said, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That helps us out a lot. So it's just a single hit of a button that really means a lot to us. So be sure to subscribe, leave a review so that way we can get better. And we love to do that. As Connor lifts up his finger. Yeah, breaking news. Um, Looks like Shaq Moore is headed to the U.S. Men's National Team. In oh, good guess. What? Why? Why do we need another right back? Christian Pulisic is right there. Just end it before we go. <laughs> That's that should be how we end it. There we go. We end it. Why do we need the right back? Christian Pulisic is right there. And subscribe. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.